Whoop! And we are back for another episode. People, I hope you are getting through COVID-19 as best as possible. I think this is um, getting a little crazy, as always. Um, every day we're learning something new. I don't know how much longer this is going to be. Uh, you're hearing this for the first time, if you are. Um, I appreciate it, but it is actually April 15th at 12 a.m. when I'm putting this up. I actually got this recorded on April 9th, uh, and this is, again, this is April 15th right now that you will be hearing this as when it's getting released. The two gentlemen in this podcast is uh, from Blockbuster Wrestling, the wrestling company that I used to run here in New Braunfels, Texas. I believe three years ago, most, the long, I think that was about the time that I actually stopped running the promotion and starting letting... Uh, not letting, I can't allow it. it, ain't that great. I helped other companies come in and continue wrestling here afterwards. And uh, who knows, maybe you might come back. Maybe you might come up with one more Blockbuster Wrestling show. Who knows what's really going to happen. But the point is, is I had some really great time with these gentlemen, speaking to them, catching up with them, but also just talking about old school memories that I had with Blockbuster Wrestling. Um, people, I, I'm... One to tell you that I tried my very best to create this wrestling company to be the best that it can be, and the biggest thing that I wanted out of it was the community to build out of it, um, build into the company, get invested, and understand what wrestling is all about. I think the greatest thing about wrestling is bringing the different people uh, together, ethnicity, color, everything, uh, and just forgetting what you're going through in your life and watching these uh, men and women put their bodies on the line and wrestle and entertain us. And we can argue back and forth all day long and debate about what wrestling is good and bad about. But overall, I believe it helps more people than anything. And that was the one thing I was trying to create with this this uh, business and this this company, um, Blockbuster Wrestling here in New Braunfels. I had a great run. I believe I ran it for about nine years, um, from backyards all the way to bars to venues, back to bars and ways. Um, my biggest goal was to try our best to get into the Civic Center. I uh, didn't get that far. I attempted, but I uh, just didn't get that far. Um, so who knows what's going to happen. But I, like I said, I had a really good time speaking with these gentlemen. You can hear a little bit what we used to do, uh, how you can compare us to other companies back then, and apparently even now. These two gentlemen, again, Anthony Silvis and uh, Edward Gonzalez, still run the circuit here in Texas, and they referee at these uh, different um, shows all over Texas, but mainly I believe they said uh, Edward had been sticking in San Antonio because of family and just enjoying it, and then also Anthony Silvis and Corpus, and I believe he's going to be moving around as well. But you'll hear these two uh, short journeys that they've had so far, at least on this podcast. I believe we'll do something again soon. They uh, have done a lot in the wrestling industry, and I know there's a lot more stories to be told, uh, but enjoy this this uh, podcast with them. But again, people, please hope you're staying safe, stay at home. Uh, it's been a little rough for me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think now that we've almost pretty much hit about a month now, I'm losing my mind in a way. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean that in like just being home. Um, I've caught up to what I could of Netflix. I think what I realized is that um, I used to be so busy and I used to be like, yeah, when I get free time, I'll watch this and that. Uh, for instance, I started watching uh, All American on Netflix. And I got all the way through the first season. And by the time I to the second season, it's not that I lost interest. It's just like, I can't sit here no more. 
And then I was like, you know what, maybe I want to watch something funny. So I started rewatching The Office. And then I'm still kind of stuck on The Office right now and uh, getting some time on some video games. The past like three days, I haven't touched a controller, uh, a video game uh, on my Xbox because I felt like I don't want to get too stuck to that thing as well, too. So I've um, been getting a lot of stuff done, helping some people out with some of their taxes right now, which is fun. Uh, but either way, people, f- keep your mind busy. I'm doing my best. Joe Rogan is helping me out so much with uh, kind of getting my walks in and meditating in a way, and then also just losing my mind in something. Uh, but the meditating is helping me a lot in some ways, too. But this is tough, guys. I hope you are getting through really good. I'm about to uh, get myself. I just got me a basketball goal site because they acted with that. And I also just got me a punching bag. And I think I'll be reaching out to y'all wrestling fans. will be reaching out to Mr. A30 because I know he's got a gym in his um, – uh, at his place and i need to hit him up and get there especially if we're going to be locked up any longer but other than that people again i appreciate you listening please share this uh especially if you're local new Braunfels, i'd like the people to know around what we're doing uh, i do have uh, my next podcast ready to go boom i'm actually going to release that on uh, the next day on the thursday tomorrow so if you're hearing these back to back awesome uh if not you're going to get them back to back whenever uh you're going back on listening to this so but guys keep doing your thing Listen to these guys uh, do their thing in this wrestling industry, which they love. And you can even hear, hear how much they love this stuff as they're doing this. So I'll be putting the video out eventually, too. I want to put them all out together on my new uh, YouTube channel. So keep listening. Here we go. All right. We're on, on Anchor. We're recording. Let's see. We are live now on Facebook. People, thank you for listening to J Rocket Knit Podcast. And also, I'm live on my personal page because uh, unfortunately, I can't get it connected to my page. So, any of y'all whiz guys out there after this video, maybe you can help me out. But I have here with me Mr. Anthony, the uh, Silva here, Silvas, and I have Edward Gonzalez. We're waiting on Michael Atwell. We'll see how far it gets from here. Gentlemen, tell the people what is up. Can we hear you? Hey, what's going on? There we what's go. What's going on, everybody? <clears throat> Just, yeah, I hope everybody's doing well out there, and if your families are doing good. I mean, it's it's been it's been a, a, a ride lately, and it's just, uh, I mean, all we can do is have a little bit of patience and keep our prayers, thoughts, and prayers for everybody. Edward, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, doing good. Pretty much the same uh, ship over here. Just trying to keep everyone uh, know, safe and well. Um, you know being a parent and a teacher, you know, doing all the online work for the kiddos and everything like that. But, I um, mean, yeah, it's just taking it day by day, you know, one step at a time. Ed, when did you get when did you get a ter- teaching degree, bro? Uh, Well, I didn't, like, voluntarily get it. It was kind uh-huh. of forced. Oh, you know? oh, oh, so it's a gimmick. You're gonna learn today. You're gonna learn so. today. <laughs> hey, people! So if you're just uh, logging in, uh, both of these gentlemen, hopefully, again, Michael ad- adds uh, gets up in here in a little bit as well. These three gentlemen wrestle for Blockbuster Wrestling, and I mean they ref for Blockbuster Wrestling. Uh, they counted the ones, the twos, and the threes. You know what I'm saying? And what 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 I wanted to bring them in today for this podcast was to just talk about the old times of Blockbuster Wrestling. Uh, what's the like? What's that that referee life like? And uh, just kind of just get in the mix of catching up with some old buddies. I know 
that I've been kind of uh, putting this podcast thing aside because, well, actually, I haven't put it aside. I just don't have freaking time for it. So now that we're all locked up in our homes and we're able to do this type of deal, I, I'm, I'm loving that I'm able to do this uh, with you all. So we're going to get after it. So um, first and foremost, uh, just shout out. This video is dedicated to Caesar. Uh, Caesar was one of our biggest blockbuster wrestling fans. He would come to, I mean, I pretty much want to think every show that we pretty much had. Uh, first guy ready to go in to, to, to buy his ticket, always pre-selling his tickets, staying after the show, talking, I'm sure, even to the refs, to the wrestlers. Uh, man, Caesar was just a great uh, a fan, but also a great friend being from New Braunfels. Um, Caesar always kind of was just... I, there wasn't a, a dull moment with him. Every time I run into him in the city or wherever I was at, uh, I run into him. I was always wrestling. I love that about Caesar. Uh, but he always made sure, like, hey, you everything good? When's the next show? He was always ready for the next one. So uh, I know that I just kind of want to say a little bit about Caesar. Gentlemen, do y'all kind of remember a little bit about Caesar? Yeah. Caesar took a, a big liking when we did the 361 Mafia Takeover mm-hmm. uh, in New Braunfels. And he, uh, even though he saw his his New Braunfels guys, you know, get beat or what have you, uh, he was still there for the for the New Braunfels guys, and you know, he always had respect for all of us here in Corpus Christi. Uh, he had respect for for us as referees too, and, and he's uh, even I haven't seen him in years. It, it, he's gonna be sadly missed. You know, oh, yeah. and, and it was a pleasure to even you know paint a picture in front of him. You know, and and I want to thank him and his family for being a part of blockbuster wrestling and professional wrestling in general as being a fan. I mean, thank you very much. And you're going to be missed. Yeah. The last time I actually saw him was uh, when I did a a BOW show in San Antonio. And, uh, and I'm even after the show, you know, he was, he was uh, giving me a little bit of crap, you know, because the guy he was rooting for kind of lost because his opponent was doing little dirty things behind my back. But I mean, it's, it was. I, I knew he was just going along with it, and, <laughs> and it just just the way that that he just that he spoke and everything. It was like he he wasn't just like a fan, like a regular fan. He was, you know, a true diehard oh, wrestling fan. fan. Oh yeah, he man. loved the sport and everything like that. And I, I remember him at BBW shows. I mean, he was always the first one there and the last one to leave. So yeah, definitely, you know. He would definitely be missed, um, and big condolences to his family and everything. And uh, I know that he's right now. He's he's probably the first one there at the big matches up there in heaven. He's the first one there, and I bet he's going to be the last one to leave too. And gentlemen, kind of going off of that, what would be the guys that have now passed? Uh, the guys that passed um, in, in in all of wrestling. What would one match be that you would want to see right now? That's from the guys that have passed that come right off of the top of your head. I would like to see another Benoit Eddie Guerrero match. Heck yeah, man, that'd be nice. I mean, you can watch those, especially the ECW stuff that they did. I mean, with no rules, no you know, no. I guess you could say no. Uh, uh, well, you can only do this and do that. No, they went out there and gave it their all every Draw. every ECW show that they had, and that would be a good one to see again. Yeah, man. Yeah, I would probably go go with Benoit as well, but I probably would have to go with Benoit and Mister Perfect. Ooh, that'd be a good one, man. Yeah, that is that'd be a really good one right there. Yeah, that that would definitely be you know on the edge of your seat type of match. 
Heck yeah, man. I, I mean, just as much as I love the two of them and we, we grew up watching Eddie and, and Chris, man, I would, I would watch that any day. Uh, I love, uh, you know, I still watch their matches to this day. And have y'all seen the, uh, what is it? Uh, oh man, what's that series on, on Vice? Dark Side of the Ring. Dark Side of the Ring. I'm sorry. I knew it was Dark Side something. I thought of Raw for All yesterday, last night. Yeah, have you, I haven't seen the Brawl for All one yet, and I saw the Crispin Wall, and I've also seen the New Jack one. Okay, so yeah. let, 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 let's chat a little bit on that real quick. Did you know everything that New Jack did? I didn't know he had stabbed that dude that hard or, like, that bad, and he went through all that. That was crazy, man. I had read about it at one time, but I, I after watching the the program, it, I mean, it – it wasn't what was described way back then. You know, yeah. It wasn't oh, what, yeah. You know, it was just, oh, he stabbed him, cut him up a couple of times with a blade. No, and when the way they described it in the, in the segment, it was like, wow. There's a lot of things that he did that you're just like, man, you should have, like they said on there, you should have been arrested. <laughs> yeah, dude, that is so crazy, man. What about you, Ed? Had, had you seen that one? Yeah. Uh, see, I, I used to work at the state hospital, and I think we would fit right in. As a patient, <laughs> <laughs> and every, I'm not, I just, I don't know. I'm. It's like when I watch stuff like that, I try to, you know, like I wonder how it'd be, a, you know, referee in that match, and I would have been seriously nervous. Oh yeah. <laughs> to be one of actors that in that. Oh man, yeah. He was uh, should have been more like Crazy Jack more than the New Jack. <laughs> yeah, no man, and and I think it's crazy as you see like today, like as you see his head and. You see how he just got, got cut up and over the years of all that work, man. It's just, it was crazy. I hadn't I hadn't seen that one. I'd seen the Crispin Wall when I was uh, talking to my brother, uh, my younger brother. And he was telling me, he said, man, you got to check it out. You know, some crazy stuff. So I paused everything yesterday and watched the 48-minute video, video on YouTube. And it was just killer, man. It was some crazy stuff. Um, I guess uh, Mike was kind of holding back today, so that's all good. But what uh, y'all on Facebook, I'm so sorry. I know I cut off and then came back on. Uh, we're back on right now. I won't cut off on you again. I, I think you just had a little issue there, but we're back live again on Facebook. But if you are um, been listening to my podcast on Anchor or Spotify or anywhere else, uh, the J-Rock and the podcast, I'm also recording this audio, so you'll be able to listen to that as well uh, if you got cut out there. And it was just for a split minute there as well, too. So uh, going on to Blockbuster Wrestling, guys. Um uh, for y'all that don't really know too much, uh, Blockbuster Wrestling was a very great time. Um, it was a great time in my life. It was a great time in wrestling for many of you guys in, uh, that, that worked here, especially guys that stuck around too. Um, it took us, it took me to a level to make to, that, like when I wanted to start wrestling, I had this like this vision of like, oh, well, my brother's doing it. His friends are doing it. You know, Scotty, you know, he took off for a minute. And so it was like, what we have on the table to make this run? And when I started the, the, the wrestling, it was very low key, behind houses, all that good stuff, uh, until we were able to get into the gardens again. And then that's where everything just kind of went all over the place. Um, going through all this, gentlemen, uh, Ed, I, I don't even know. I think, Ed, you're, were you here first before Anthony? Do you remember that? Uh, I think it might have came a little bit after him. Not too, not too, too late after Anthony got, got there. Okay. Do you uh, like at the beginning of those phases? What could you have told me like at the beginning? That was there anything that like questioned you being there? Was there anything like that? Oh, not not really, because uh, as BBW was the first, I guess you can kind of say like big company 
that uh that I ref for. But uh, I mean, I'm, I can tell that you know it was like I say, it, it was very laid back. Yeah, I'll say that very laid back there and all that stuff. You know, and everybody kind of did their own thing and everything like that. But you know, as you know, as it progressed on, that's when it started. You know, becoming more of a like I say, honestly, like a business type of thing. Yeah, but it was more like you know professional. And what what do you mean by that in some ways? For I mean, exp, like kind of like, because uh, like when we get there and we'll sit there, okay, so this these are the matches and everything like that, and it'll, it'll just be okay, and then y'all just do whatever. Yeah. Well, later it was like, all right, this is for the matches. This is time limit. Boom, 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 and it was like, you know, it was like a card. Like it was, it was like a uh, so I'm trying to think of. It was. Um, it just ran like more to me. Ran like more smooth. So like when you went back there, you knew what the hell was going on next. You knew what was going to go on next. You're ready to go and just get going. Yeah, and I th- I think uh, um, I I had gone to like two or three shows in San Antonio. I'm not going to tell you who because it was bad. But I named that made me realize like in so many ways like I'm not going to make my guys go through this. So those things that you talk about, I had to like learn from seeing everything else as well. You know what I'm saying? What about you, Anthony? Well, um, I did a little bit of history. Well, March uh, March of 2013 is when I made my referee debut. Nice. And a year later, on February 27th, uh, 2014, is when I made my blockbuster debut. Nice. That's the show that was at the bar that had the uh, uncut, uh, uncensored uh, hardcore match. Okay. Yeah, that was at the Gardens. <laughs> In fact, I, uh, I refereed J.P. Ruin and Majestic King in a hardcore match. Roscoe on PBR and then Ray Ortiz, the champ. Uh-huh. Oh, we cut out there. Oh, oh, hold on. Anthony, your, your, your audio cut out there, but I don't know what's going on. No, let me chat about real quick. No, he's getting good too. Uh, oh, there you go. Okay. I ended, up, I ended up going out there and uh, I mean, everybody was welcoming everybody. I can't remember who the other ref was. I, I want to say it was Derek. Uh, oh, everybody gosh. was very welcoming. Uh, shook hands. I met you too, and, and uh, uh, did did my job. Got paid, and and later on, uh, I think right away, you asked me to come back. Oh and yeah, man. I was four, and ever since then, I just kept on running as much as I could. Uh, you know, out there, um, the atmosphere was good for it being the, the show that it was. You know, uh, um, uh, I didn't have any problems with anybody there. I didn't have, uh, you know, everything was great. Just uh, you you could see the difference from that first show, and yeah, it was a hardcore show at a different venue. But once we were at Alpha CrossFit, uh, things changed. And what I mean by that is just the atmosphere atmosphere changed. Plus, uh, the things that there's going to be haters out there. There's going to be people that are against for against things. But the way you're running it with uh, your meetings and stuff like that, I mean, it, it was perfect. And then you you took the time to listen to us too. You know, and so did the wrestlers. It wasn't so much so and so taking on so and so. All right, we're gonna go do this, do that. No, we had input in it as well, and that's one thing I appreciate about everybody that's crossed through blockbuster wrestling, sitting sport team, uh, and yourself included, is just the way it was ran. It was very, very professional for being a, a, a company that you know a lot of people like. I hadn't heard of it when I was down here, and again, I had just gotten into business a year before. But for an upstart promotion, I guess you could say, and it's been running for a while, but took off, you know, uh, it was, I mean, it was ran 
about as perfect as as you can get you know and, and like i said appreciate uh, that, man. your views on everything was you know yeah sometimes it was like uh, what about this you know or what about that and but you took the time to listen to it it was your idea but then at the same time you took the time to listen to each and everybody it wasn't just us the rest yeah I, I had a great time man and then when i think the last show that we had was the jinder mahal one the red carpet mm-hmm. rollout and then uh two years later i got invited to come back and i mean it, it uh it broke my heart uh it broke my heart but it was uh the reason why is because i enjoyed going to new Braunfels, and it would just go and come back yeah uh, i enjoyed everything that we did but uh you know things come and go or things stop for various reasons and when it came back i was excited i was happy and then i was like well if they need me i'll be there if they don't need me you know there's no ill feelings yeah. towards, towards it when i was brought back i mean it was you know it, it was a homecoming for me and then one thing that i posted on my social media just you know after two years here i'm coming back you know and i think it was the keith lee show i think was my first yeah comeback. You know, yeah. you, you know, man, I, I'm, I'm curious and I know like there's really no bad blood on like on anything of like what I'm trying to do or what's going on. Uh, but like, I'm just like curious, like, what do you think caused all that, man? Like what created all that? To, like, I, I, I don't I mean, I know what you're talking about the pause. Like, you know, I don't remember how it all got in the mix uh, too much. It was a long time ago, um, but I feel like. I mean, was it wrestlers that was the booking of wrestlers that made that separation? Because I know it wasn't only you from Corpus, and I don't think it was anything personal with you. I think it was just also like we weren't running too many shows as well, correct? Um, but I, I I can't remember. Was it more of a personal thing with some of the guys that you didn't come? Because I know you used to travel with some of the other guys. No, no, no. It was, I think I came majority of the time. Yeah, I came, I think, right after that, right after that February debut at 2014. I, I went every month. Yeah, uh, I did it is because I was sick or something, but there was never, uh, 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 like I said, I think we went all the way as hard as we could until that April, that April show with the red carpet rollout. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, it's when I think the, after the red carpet rollout, if I'm not mistaken, we had that fan fest and that's the one where it rained out on us. Hmm. Yeah, that's that right. Was, I believe that was the last event. And, uh, and after that, it just, uh, I think you were done with shows at that time because I know, uh, you and I had discussed other stuff about doing some 80s stuff. Uh, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. uh, doing some some 80s stuff, bringing in some guys, you know, uh, from the past. And then after that, it's just uh, I think took a hiatus or what have you. And then, uh, but no, I, I didn't have any problem with anybody. Uh, the good thing is, is we were booked with with uh, Sergeant Rico was booked at that time. PBR was booked. booked yeah, also was booked, and so uh, we all traveled together. I mean, we would. One month would be me uh, driving. One month would be Rico. Sometimes it was Ruben, depending on who was booked at that time. And then when it became uh, like me and Ruben, me and Ruben went because I that that hardcore one. It was me and Ruben that traveled together. But no, there was never ill feelings or anything towards anybody there at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I, you know, Again, it is, there's reasons for everything, and, and there's reasons why blockbuster wrestling. We're looking at it in the past compared to right now or the future. But I'm sure doors are always open for Blockbuster Wrestling to come back. I don't think, you know, I know you're busy. Your life is busy. We're all busy. But I don't think there's there's an end to it yet. There's got to be. But, again, only time can tell on that stuff. Yeah, and I can be one to tell you right now. I would 
I keep getting calls. I keep getting asked, you know, what, what, what could be, what's, what, you know, can we come back? Can you do something? And I think right now, personally, in my personal life right now, it would just be impossible right now, even, oh, yeah. you know, but yeah, I miss it like crazy as well. Uh, what are uh, what are some really like fond memories of refing at Blockbuster Wrestling? Like, y'all remember a specific match, a specific spot? I already see Ed Daffin over there. <laughs> well, with, with me, it was anything, anything with Sergeant Rico, <laughs> anything with him. I mean, it was it was either with him or him and his brother when they were. Uh, <laughs> Actually, oh my gosh! But part of the, the most fondest memory I have was uh, is with Sergeant Rico and uh, Joshua. Whenever he would, uh, they do some something together, whether it be the Hot Wing Inning contest, or when Joshua came out and uh, dressed as Michael Jackson and handcuffed Sergeant Rico to the ring and stuff, or handcuffed him himself and all that stuff. Yeah, it was just yeah. But pretty much with me, anything with Sergeant Rico was. Was very memorable. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> I think, dude, Sergeant Rico's stuff was probably the best stuff ever, man. Like, I don't, I don't remember like uh, ever like telling him no. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if other wrestlers are like, look, you know, watching this and they're thinking a certain way, like, I just do not remember telling him no ever. Like, he just constantly would just perform and bring the best stuff, man, and. Uh, I want to have a podcast with him one day just to talk about all those memories. But man, we had a great time um, yeah. doing with the, with Sergeant Rico and I, even wrestling him, working him in. Like that was probably one of the best uh, opponents I could have had, other than Mister A Three O. What about you, Anthony? He was uh, handcuffed underneath the post, underneath the post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, dude, that was freaking hilarious, man! Didn't we? Didn't I hit him with like some cake or something like yeah, that? Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, no, he, uh, Sergeant Rigo is probably one of the best uh, characters in Blockbuster Wrestling, I'll tell you that. Uh, what about you, Anthony? Do you remember a specific time? Um, you know, uh, um, mine's going to be a little different. I got two different things, but uh, honestly, watching Blockbuster Wrestling grow. And what I mean by that is, is being there from February 2014 and then going to Alpha CrossFit afterwards and just seeing from uh you had a i'm not gonna say a little bit of fans but having some fans in there for what it turned out to be at the april show with uh with gender mahal and it wasn't because i'm not going to put 100 percent because it was gender we were gaining fan base after fan base after fan base yeah. and blockbuster like it was just growing and that's one of the memories that i have is just being a promotion just erupting i guess you can say you know because you can sit a certain amount of people at Alpha CrossFit, and yeah, there were some empty chairs, but to see that show where chairs have to be added and standing room only where you had people standing, I mean, it was just something that was that was uh, unimaginable, but it happened. Um, another fond memory that I have that, that's personal was my heel turn. Uh, yeah, I love that, man. I remember that. Uh, against the New Braunfels Boys, and it 
uh, just the the reaction everybody got when I screwed uh, Irish Red of the title <laughs> and who became champion, Sergeant Rico, and just joining Three Six One Mafia. I mean, me also, uh, Pitbull Rue, uh, Sergeant Rico, and at that time we had Matt Steele for a little while. Yeah, and just forming that there, and and the thing is, is people booed us that evening. But the following month or the month after, they were cheering they the hell cheering out of the us. Hell out of you. And it got to the point that I know it was tough getting other referees uh, with us at that time that I had to turn back right away without an explanation. But it was the way it was. I mean, it was like fantastic. You know, it, it was just uh, uh, the throw me in a mix. That was the first time I ever became a hill. And I think even now, that's the only time I've ever been a hill. And it was short lived, but it was like, memorable because like i said getting booed out of the building that night to getting cheered i believe the next month or the month after uh it was it was like wow like just i mean it crossed up to the fans of blockbuster yeah I think. oh yeah Ooh. man they were the ones that were bringing the heat that, that alpha crossfit yeah i think that was the best time too was that alpha uh we were kind of able to do whatever i love the ladder matches with with mr a3o and judas <laughs> rage and um, I remember we did the skit, you know, as well. Where uh, you brought it up, the the Rico and Josh skits, the Michael Jackson skit with Josh, and that stuff was freaking awesome. But also, just matches. Period. Like I remember, you know, my brother having really good matches with like uh, uh, the Bully, uh, Danny Donovan, uh, with you know Ghetto Dream, Sammy Hagar. Uh, I was a big fan of Sammy's as well, like on how he would wrestle, and and I think. I think some of the guys in the back saw that a little bit more because I marked up to him a little bit. But um, some of those guys really like were the ones that sacrificed the times. And, the, and, and you know, I'll be real with you, man. They, a lot of them sacrificed the pay. Um, the main reason why Blockbuster Wrestling didn't really work out in, in the end, but, you know, money-wise was because uh, I didn't have any help. And at the same time, you know, I was just going with the flow, what I could do every show, every month. Um we did everything that we could to make sure that we, you know, we had the, you know, the next month to have a show period. And that ring man was brand spanking new when we bought it. So it was just so many things happening. And so if you're watching this, uh, first of all, I appreciate you sacrificing that time. Um, but that's where it kind of just went. And, and, and that when we got, by the time I got to the Conways, it was like hanging on by a thread basically of what we were able to do. So, uh, but I think um, what is what was the differences, and I know yeah, I kind of already explained that a little bit. But now, do you still ref right now, Anthony? Or are you? Yes, uh, I do. You still um, ref? I still do. What's the difference in wrestling now and then back in the day, like when you were doing like our shows? Is there any difference from when you were doing it what three, four years ago to like where it's at now? Uh, the difference I think now is is a lot of the shows that I do, and not putting down some of the companies that I work with, but. Uh, is there's not really a um, the production meeting. Sometimes you get a lot of boys showing up in a to an oh. arena wanting to do matches and uh, or wanting to be a part of it, and they get thrown in there all of a sudden last minute, yeah. and and it's kind of you don't get the not because not because it's you, but uh, you are always prepared. We could show up to the venue. We could show up to Alpha CrossFit or to Conway's. You already knew what matches you're going to have. Hey, we're going to have seven matches tonight. You know, so-and-so versus so-and-so and a tag team match. You had everything lined up. 
And that's one thing I, I, I enjoyed about you as a, as a promoter is the fact that you were just organized. And there's some places that I've worked in the past that were disorganized. And like I said, you can show up to a, a venue two hours before and sometimes the ring wasn't set up and not, not that I wouldn't help. Cause yeah, I'll help. Yeah. But it was one of those things where it was like, okay, we got this ring set up. Uh, we're hour before showtime. You got people coming in, but there was no matches made at that time. So it was like, everything's, everything's written on a quick notepad. Hey, this, 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 and this. And it just became kind of, here we are 10 minutes before the first match. And I'm still trying to majority of the time, if I was a senior referee, what have you, then I'm being told, Hey, uh, start this, you know, uh, putting out your matches or, 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 um, separating your matches with the other ref or refs. And, and here we are 10 minutes till, And it's like, shoot, man, you're, you're rushing. Yeah. You know, of talking to, uh, especially some of the people, listeners that are listening, instead of, uh, uh, talking to your first match, Hey, um, you know, what's going on or what have you. Instead, we're out there just trying to rush, trying to get things ready. And it, it's, being organized, Justin, that, that's one thing that you did, J-Rock, is you were organized, man. And, and thank you very much for, for doing that all the time. Heck yeah, man. You I know, know you were out there crunch time, man. You had a lot of stuff to do, you know, to get stuff ready, but you always had your stuff lined up. Appreciate that, man. That's that's really good to hear, too, over the years of, of, of going through that and hearing what other, rest, you know, what other promotions going through. I think that was one of the biggest things was that um, I tried my best to – if I can knock this out so I don't have to worry about it then, then it makes me feel good. And so I think that was the biggest thing is like having a show for months a month in my head. So I'm not the greatest promoter, but for some of you that are, this might help you out. I knew I had a month. So in one month in my head, I would go through those matches in my head. Like, what do I want to see? What would I want to see? You know, where would I shock the crowd if they knew this character? Because one thing that I also love and y'all could probably, you know, get behind me on this was I was able to actually like we built good characters. We built really good characters. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think at some point it was just like the fans were like, well, you know, I'll get behind this guy. I'm seeing him on a consistent basis. I seen him for three shows now, which is three months basis as well. Like that all comes into factor, you know. And I think with that being said, I would go through these matches in my head. I'm like, OK, this will work when you line this up. The only thing that's going to break this down is if this guy doesn't show up. And I think that's what we kind of got with that part, you know. Uh, Edward, even, I'm going to get even back. Being organized, even being organized like that, I mean, you you had a check-in time. There's yeah. a lot of patience. Yes. That was yeah. a biggie. That was a biggie. Yeah. You know, and, and even us being from Corpus, you know, you would tell us, hey, guys, if you can't be here by four, at least try to make, their, might make it before five. Yeah. You know, like you gave us that little leeway, but it wasn't something for us to take advantage of. It was just the fact that if anything could happen within two, you know, two, two plus hours, you know, our road trip, but mm-hmm. something like that too. And, and to all the promoters out there, those that are wanting to promote something, try to do a check-in time on your guys. I mean, cause mm-hmm. I ring announced for MMA and I have a check, check-in time on that too, you know, where I have to be there. And even though I'm not setting up the cage or I'm not doing this, doing that, they still want you to be there at a certain time because things can change, you know, at, at any time. Some fights may not happen, you know, and, and I have 12 fights listed, but I'm going to have 10 after all. So you never know those, those two or three hours are very crucial to have. The card, the card subject to change. Hey, let me do the, let me do the 30 minute break mark real quick. Give me just one second. Okay. So 
All right, so Edward, what would you say is different now from, you know, from all that, from from then now, you know, what's the difference in what you see now from where you're working? Well, uh, I'd probably say, well, I'd probably like to second uh, what uh, what Anthony's saying. It's just, just you know, organization. I mean, I've done, I have done some, I know what Anthony's coming from about, uh, <clears throat> so unorganized, and it's just, it was just complete chaos. Yeah. It, some, some shows I've done, it's just, they're so unorganized that, you go out there and then you do the first match and then instead of coming, you know, back in, you just stay out there the whole time. Yeah. And 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 it's just a big communication breakdown and it becomes a big old man. Yeah, J Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I did that to you a couple of times, I'm not gonna lie. I mean I did that to both of y'all a couple of times. I remember having a show and I'm like, where's the other rev? Oh, he's not showing up. Hey, so Anthony, I know uh, you like counting the three, right? And Edward. You know what? Regardless, I've always had a blast, man. And you know what? And, and I travel to Laredo for LWA, and there's been times that I, I go in there and, hey, guys, hey, Ant, we don't have no other ref, man. It's like, all right, what we got? Oh, we got 14 matches. So, like, all right. <laughs> so, you know, still, so you still see that, Ed. But it's all right. We're good. Yeah. But I, one thing about me is I never complain. I've never complained. I, you know, if I had ideas, I'll bring it up. Uh, there's something, you know, that I'm thinking of. I'll bring it up to the wrestlers or the yeah. promoters. First. And uh, that's one thing about me. I've never complained, man. What about you? It's like the what, opportunity that counts, and that's what matters the most. Yeah. What were you saying, Ed, as well? So No, it's, uh, it's just like. Like he was saying, just just you were just uh, just organizing. Like every time I go to do a, to a promotion to do a show, it's it's so much more fun when it's organized. And to me, just my personal opinion is that the wrestlers are able to perform better. You know, it just the, everything just runs so much more smoother when it's organized. So, but that's one thing I would say though with 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 you is that it was definitely organized. And even sometimes it get a little chaotic. Yeah, it was. It, it didn't get out of control. Type of thing. So you, you know, you, you almost had like a plan B. Just yeah. Plan yeah. Yeah. Of course I did. Of course yeah. I did. What are you talking about? Yeah. Always had a plan B. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I think another thing is, um, you know, I, I don't. I really don't know where I got that from. I think just watching and hearing everybody though, like I would hear how some of the guys would go to the promotions, and then I, how new guys would come in and. You know, the one thing I really did catch an eye of, though, is, like, when you guys would come in, they'd, like, you, they'd walk in and they'd be, like, like, like they, they'd give this, like, stare. And I'd look at them and, you know, I wouldn't really ask anybody about it. I'm, like, all right, I'm going to see how they get the feel of it, at least by the end of the day. And just like wrestlers are, man, some would tell you at the end of the day, like, how they really felt. And some would tell you just the nitty-gritty because they didn't want you to feel like you had them. You know what I mean? And I caught that from a lot of guys, man. I think um, – I was, and I say this now because I'm not in the really in the business anymore. I was a lot fucking smarter than y'all really thought sometimes. And a lot of these guys were like, they would try to like, you know, a lot of the things that I really didn't want to do was just really getting into bullshit with them, you know. And I think at the end of the day, I just respected what wrestlers did though. And some guys would be like, well, "Why are you doing this for? Why are you doing this favor for me? Why are we do? Because I understand what you're going through, man. You just left your family." For how many hours, depending on where you live from, specifically, you know, Silva being far, you know, Edward driving from a far place, to come do something that you love for 
two, three hours, and then you got to drive all the way back. You're driving longer than you're actually here. So it was like many things that I saw in that, and I think that's what I saw at a lot of people. And the guys that took advantage of me or the guys that wanted to talk their shit behind me, I realized that those same guys were the reason why the other promotions they were at weren't working because they were the ones doing the same shit there as well. And I think that, you know, and I, I'm starting to see and hear more of that getting away. Um, I don't know what really created that. You know, I think maybe a little bit of AEW or the way, you know, Cody's created things now. I hear that a lot of the wrestlers have been a little bit more laid back. and went, That's freaking awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing that, uh, to be truly honest with you as well, is I think that that hearing that is almost making me like, do you think we can make this happen again type stuff? Like all those things kind of come into factor of really make like understanding maybe we can actually make that happen again. But again, that's what actually drew me away. Um, those Every show that we had at Conway's um, was literally by a thread. Money, talent, getting the show, getting the people to help me run the show. It was literally by a thread. And that's what kind of pulled me away and, and kind of just made me not have fun anymore. Um, I, and that was the biggest thing, you know, like being happy, having fun with all this stuff. I can go back and be like, this is where that was, that where that was, that time was great. This time was, eh, you know, but I always knew that uh, at the end of the day, like these certain guys were always going to ride or die with us. And I can feel that today, even when we talk about it or post about it. Even Hector, Hector still posts about it too, man. And it's yeah. it's good stuff. I have fun with it, you know. And, and it's just crazy where it's all come from. Um, so what was y'all's last show that y'all ran before the coronavirus? Uh, Mar- would have been uh, the March March show. Uh, I forgot what the name of it was called. But it was uh, TWA in San Antonio. So are you just the working Mar- with TWA right now, Ed? That? Are you just working with TWA or are you working with different co- pro, uh, companies? Uh, well, right at the moment, it's just TWA right now. Okay. And how far is that from you right now? What is it, like a couple, like 30 minutes? Yeah, about, it's about 45 minutes. Yeah? That's what's so, up, man. Yeah. They've been having yeah, some... Could, every now and then, if I could make it, I'll try to go with the with the BOW if, if, if my job, you know, lets me. Uh, but that's it's kind of hard for me to do sh- Saturday shows because since I work at an event center, we usually have events on Saturdays. Yeah. So, and T- but uh, no, yeah. But most of the time, I'm I'm working with the TWA. TWA runs on Friday, right? <laughs> yes. And then um, uh, they've been having pretty good shows. They have some good fan base. Yeah, they have a good fan base. Yeah, the second Friday of every month is when they run, and uh, it's 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 like kind of like how BBW was. It's very organized over there and everything. So that's good. So yeah. Well, I'm happy with the guys that are running it. I'll tell you that uh, that are there. Um, all I mean, boy, is it three of them? All three of them, right? Three, two, all three of them. All three. three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, want to give them a little shout out? Should we talk about them? Who is it? Oh yeah, it's uh, Virus and Madness and CJ. They're doing a phenomenal job over there. And all three of those guys I worked with over here, and I never had an issue with. Uh, any of them. I <laughs> uh, never had an issue with any of them. And, you know, it's, it was uh, – it's great to hear that they're working together out there and you are working for them. Um, is DeMarcus out there? Uh, yeah, he goes out there every now and then when they uh, when they book himself. Yeah, I always got to give DeMarcus a shout-out. Without him, I wouldn't have Ed. So, you know, I wouldn't have had Ed. So that's where I give him a shout-out. And, um, you know, it's just crazy circle. Uh, what about yeah. you, Sylvia? Do you remember the last show that you ran before the before the whole COVID? Yeah, I had a Laredo Wrestling Alliance on March 14th. 
March 14th? Yeah. Okay. How is Laredo? Laredo's doing pretty good. As a matter of fact, I got called by the Grado uh, Dan. Uh, we're uh, I'll kind of shoot it out there. We were ready looking to pull something over here uh, in New Braunfels for an LWA show, but then uh, the good old COVID hit us and uh, slowed the hell out of that. Um, but yeah, that's another company that I've seen grow. Um, I've been with them about this little after Blockbuster Wrestling, little after 2014, sometime that I joined them and seeing them grow too. I mean, I was a part of uh, their huge show that they had a legacy a couple of years ago where they had uh, the Lucha Brothers. I actually ref that match and uh, with uh, Water Team. And I mean, it was uh, the crowd base there too. And it was at the Casablanca Ballroom, huge place, and that place was packed. Uh, they've done some good stuff, and Del Rio just showed up a couple months ago. I was I missed that show, but really nice. His brother was wrestling that night, mm. and uh, Del Rio went for support. And of course, a lot of people know that he's in San Antonio, so yeah, Bertha, man. Uh, he went over there for support. And you know, there's rumblings going around. You know, so gotta wait and see what's going on between L- LWA management and Del Rio's group. But that's awesome, man. Something comes into play there later on in the future. You know what, man? Those every single guy that is fresh, that was fresh out of LWA, every single one of them had respect, man. Like every single one of them, and even till this day, I hope they're still running the same thing. But the thing that Ace and and um, Dan are doing out there, and all the other guys that help building that business out there, man, kudos to y'all. Like. My dream is exact. My dream of Blockbuster Wrestling was to do what LWA was do, is doing today, and I'm not gonna sit here and you know be angry or envy about it. Like I, I 100% am so proud of them, and I look up to those guys. They came. You know how bad the wrestling business was, people. Let me tell you how bad the wrestling business was. These guys came into my wrestling, uh, um, my wrestling promotion with open arms, and I didn't know. I was like slapping their arms away, basically. Because it was almost too good to be true how these guys wanted to treat me. And after a show or two, I'm like, oh, shit, these guys are really down-to-earth dudes. Like, they're they're not like these few other guys that try to come in and be like, hey, let me help you. And then they, they're expecting so much more back, you know. And with that, those with, with those guys that came in from LWA, man, without them, Blockbuster Wrestling, would have, would have, it wouldn't have been what it was the last couple of years that it was running. And... And by no means was it the reason why it was a downfall. It was all because of me on the backside. And, of course, you know, if Vince wanted to shut shit one day and wanted to, you know, he could tear down a lot of WWE. I mean, with me, it was just like, I just don't have the power anymore to do this. I don't have the energy, you know. But, again, without those guys from LWA, man, this blockbuster wrestling wouldn't have got any bigger than what it was without their help. They've always discussed about branching out, not just in Laredo, you know, and, and, you know, and I've had a talk with Ace in the past about coming to Corpus or, or surrounding areas. And, you know, and, and uh, they talked about, they did talk, he did talk about New Braunfels at one time and it wasn't, it, they're not the type that it wasn't, hey, we're going to go to Blockbuster Wrestling and take over the place. Yeah, no, yeah. no they wanted to help and what they could do. And this is just me talking uh, from, previous uh, conversations with with Ace, you know, and yeah. more to help out because San Antonio already has their different promotions. So there's no sense in going there. Yeah. And you had blockbuster wrestling. So it was like, you know what, we're not going to take over. We're going to go help the product. Yeah. 
know, and give give it give it what we can on from our standpoint or LWA standpoint. And I think you know uh, that was a good team, uh, in my opinion, uh, because for any promoter, they would think it's maybe a takeover, but like you said, it took you a couple of shows that you realize, man, you know, this, this is a good idea, you know? Yeah. And that's one thing about wrestling now is there's not, there's not that, Hey, let's work together. You don't see a lot of that, you know? And, you and that's one thing that I feel that should happen or could happen. You know, you got Corpus, for example, and, and I work for both promotions here in town. I'm the ring announcer for one. I'm the referee for the other. And, uh, you know, I, I wish one day they would, put their differences aside and work with each other, you know, and, and, and you know, out. do you actually, do you think it's going to happen one day? Do you really think that'll happen one day or you think they're just, there's too much, like, there's too much, uh, competition. I think they're, I think, uh, the mindset is, is nah, you know, and, uh, I'm, I'm appreciative of being the only person in Corpus that works for both promotions. The only person, the only person in Corpus. Wow, that works dude. That's, you know what? That's kind of hard. That's that hurts the heart a little bit, man. Because that 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 deep down, you know how that really hurts, though. Yeah. The yeah. Fa- the fans and the talent, like the fans, because they're not able to see this actually mix and happen, and then the talent because they can't work multiple shows. You know what I mean? And I I bet you I bet you I don't even know the situation. I bet you they don't even run the same weekend drag. What was that? Do they run the same weekends in the same time in the same day? Uh, something, but GCWA runs on Fridays, uh-huh. and BPW runs on Saturdays, and so sometimes it may be a, a Friday and Saturday show, uh, mm-hmm. depending on how they set it up. You know, they, they don't set it up to do that. It just sometimes it happens that way. Yeah. And sometimes it's just weeks apart. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is, and they have their reasons. If, if there's reasons, you know, and, and you know, it's like I, they have the trust in me. You know, I'm, I've never been the type to go to one promotion and talk uh, trash about the other one or, or, you know, what have you. And then, you know, I go in there, get dressed, do my job and get, you know, head on out. You know, and, it, you know, I have the utmost respect. It's like I told uh, both promotions when I sat down with them, you know, like right now I'm 40 years old. You know, I, I don't got time for the 18, 19 year old games. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't I, you know. I go to every locker room. <laughs> I'm the grandfather in Cody's <laughs> locker room, man. We're <laughs> referee matches with guys that are like 23, 22, and, you know, girls that are 18, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I'm, I'm the grandfather there, man. And, yeah. and I, 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 take that, I take that kindly, too. But, you know, it's, it's, I respect a lot of people, and, and they respect me. You know, I can go in a locker room, shake hands with a 19-year-old wrestler, 20-year-old wrestler, and, how you doing, sir? You know, and then, you know, sir still comes out of my back. The respect, man. The respect is a huge thing, bro. Um, what do what do you, what do you got there? Oh, your own car? But that's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can see this, but I never forget where I come from. And it's still there. Blockbuster wrestling. <laughs> um, not to toot my own horn. I, I got a message from a company called Four Corners Cards off of Twitter. Oh really? And they had asked me if uh, they they heard about me as a ref. I don't know if somebody recommended. You know, Twitter's huge. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so he he wrote to me, or a gentleman wrote to me, and, and asked if, uh, if I would like to be included in the card set. You know, and of course me, I'm like, well, how much does it cost, man? And yeah. you know, what, what's the what's the factors of it? And he goes, it won't cost you anything. We're gonna lose use your likeness. 
Uh, we'll put you on a card. We'll make a bio of you. Just give us some, some, uh, a little bit of details and, uh, you'll be in a set. And he goes, and we'll send you a hundred cards for free. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. You're using, we're using your likeness on a set and you're getting a hundred cards for free that you can sell. You can do whatever you want. Uh, I agreed to it. Sure enough, I ended up getting a hundred cards in the mail. Oh, you already uh, sent me one. They got this picture, which was done, uh, uh, there in San Antonio. Nice, and man. They did the whole design. The platinum series. And the back, they did their, their bio. Their bio, which I added, Blockbuster Wrestling, because, you know, you have to remember where you came from. Yeah, dude, that's you awesome, know, man. I, well, I appreciate that, brother. That's awesome, and man. It, I'm in a checklist with guys like Luke Hawks, uh, Jesus Rodriguez, who's uh, uh, Del Rio's Ricardo Rodriguez. Yeah. So I'm in a set, and believe this or not, uh, something, and I can tell you guys, like I'm getting goosebumps telling you guys, uh, I received a message on Facebook from a gentleman from Youngstown, New York. Hey, uh, oh, I'm in a discussion thing. It's called a pro wrestling. It's a card database. Like, say you purchase a database for like 10 bucks. They give you a whole bunch of addresses. You take the chance of sending cards, what have you. Yeah. But for years, and <clears throat> three, I've been doing fan mail. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I remember you always showing that too, man. Yeah. I, I, and I still do it, you know. And uh, I, yeah. I got in this discussion, and this gentleman writes to me. He goes, excuse me, sir, I wanted to ask you, how much you would charge me to autograph your card? And I go, what are you talking about? Well, he sent me a picture of this card. And he goes, I bought this set from Four Corners Cards, and I saw that you're in this group. How much would you charge me? And I go, man, just send it, bro. I go, and, you know, I'll put an envelope in there for you. Shoot. He sent it to me, sent me a, a self-addressed stamp envelope, and uh, I signed it. I autographed it. Uh, I sent him a note as well. and. I've been referenced in 2013, man. This is the first fan mail I've ever received. And, and know that my card is in Youngstown, New York. You know, the guy collects autographs. That's awesome. So, I mean, anybody that's listening on here that has any of this set, this particular set, and my card happens to be the checklist, uh, by all means, send me a message on Facebook or Twitter, and I'll sign it for free, man. I mean, right. it's, it's humbling. And like this gentleman for Four Corner Card said, he goes, you know, your card could end up in England, could be in Tokyo. Dude, that's Japan. awesome, man. He goes, we sell sets like crazy. He goes, so you never know where your card's at. And it was just, it was a blessing, man. It was a blessing. And, and like I said, they sent me 100 cards and, you know, I sold them at the show. At the show. I've given some out to kids and it's just. That's awesome. You can't forget, you can't forget where you came from. Mm -hmm. And this is something that maybe a small thing to the average Joe, but it's a big thing for me. Yeah, and big, for yeah. my family because you know, my little girls, I got two year old twin girls, and they grab this car and look, day, day, day. You know, <laughs> they have a lot of fun with it, man. And, and it's, it's a blessing. That's it's awesome, blessing. man. Well, first of all, I need you to send me one of those signed. That'd be great. You. And second, <laughs> as if it wasn't for Silva, I'm going to turn my background off so you can see this. Um, I actually. Uh, would not have had a signature from Jinder if it wasn't for Anthony. <clears throat> he gave me this card. Jinder had showed up. Jinder uh, had showed up for our show, of course. And Anthony's in the back, and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't even have anything for Jinder to sign except for maybe the, 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 the bottom stub of his check that I'm gonna pay him with. <laughs> but uh, 
<clears throat> Anthony pulled out these cards and handed me one of those cards. So I wouldn't have even had Ginger's signature if it wasn't for him, man. Seeing the background, I got as much as my memorabilia of my wrestling stuff right there uh, as well. You see that you got my, my BBW sign, bro. But uh, no, to, I think what's big is, um, and this is J-Rock talking, but other than like uh, having a big star on my show, you're probably the next thing closest to it, Silver, if anything. So I uh, appreciate you sharing that with us, man. Uh, but and uh, Edward, now we're waiting for your damn card now too. Okay, and don't be sending me no Hallmark either. I don't want to get no Hallmark card from you. Right? Can't wait for Christmas. <laughs> so uh, we'll kind of get we'll go with my next question. Hey, so Ed, um, when did you start rapping? How did you start rapping? And then did you ever want to become a wrestler because of rapping? Well, uh, funny thing is, is that uh, I got into wrestling because of DeMarcus, and we actually trained together, and I was actually a wrestler first. Oh, really? That's right. That's right. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so, was, and my very first match and show I did was in Bandera against DeMarcus, and it was for uh, Chavo Sr. Mm. And and uh, so, I'd, uh, like I said, I was a wrestler for about almost a year, and then uh, when my oldest son was uh, Edward, when he was diagnosed with autism, I decided to take a little break from wrestling because, you know, I wanted to, I knew that for his therapies and his medications and stuff that it's yeah. going to cost a lot of money. Um, so I was like, I can't be sitting there and blowing money at my health stuff. If I get hurt or something when my son needs it the most. So I took a break from, uh, from wrestling and, uh, you know, to take care of my son. And then, uh, when, uh, I saw that he was starting to get into wrestling himself, I was like, well, I can take him to shows but I also miss it myself. I was like, but what, how can I get back into wrestling to where I wouldn't get beat up so much? And that's when I became decided to become a referee. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So DeMarcus had a, a, a promotion here in Kerrville and that's when I started, you know, first time I started doing refereeing was yeah. for promotion, uh, for third coach championship wrestling. And, uh, and then that's when, from there, when he started, when he shut that down, that's when he introduced me to BBW. Yeah. And, Oh, but yeah, it's just you want to go I, to this BBW. He's, Edward's like, um, what does BBW stand for first? Let's, <laughs> let's start off with that. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm bigger into the rest. Of <laughs> <laughs> you're like hey, coming from Demarcus here, right? Coming from Demarcus here, like, hey, bro, I know you uh, you might get into some yeah, funky yeah, shit, we're, but we're, uh, <laughs> like BBW, and I'm like, don't don't show me your search history. I'm like, like, is this, what are you exactly are you saying here? But uh, <laughs> but, no, so, yeah, but yeah, he introduced me to that, and also, you know, before I even got into wrestling, I uh, refereed football from Pop Pop Warner all the way up to JV football, and so I already had nice. kind of the equipment for it, yeah. you know, for for rafting and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I just you know, I just when I started doing uh doing the wrestling thing, that's when I kind of stopped doing the the football, and I like rafting. And so, but yeah, it's just being in there and, and being like a, being like the extra, the extra, uh, an extra, you know, in a movie or something. That's kind yeah, of, no, for that's sure, man. It. And it's, and it's just, it's, I just love it. It's just great being in on this great platform and watching these entertainers, just like you said, just paint a picture, tell a story and you're there, you know, even better than front row. You're like behind the scenes. Exactly. And it's, it's just, it's just amazing. It's the best seat in the house, man. You know, and I don't think... Hopefully, I'm, I'm going a little back here, but 
there was a part where WWE just stopped like recognizing refs. And to be truly honest, which is kind of hit something back. That's when I remember Silva when you ever, I don't remember this was the same time or a little bit after, but I just remember like, we got to like do something with the ref now. Like we got to go back on what they're doing. And I, did you see that today? What WWE does, you'll see like AEW going and do something different completely on it to show that you can make it possible type stuff too. You know, like the tank count. Did y'all see the tank count deal? Like, and now in WWE, the ref isn't going to sit there no more and wait for them to come. If you are outside on the tank count, the ref's not going to kill time. Your ass gets counted out. Um, and, you know, AEW brought that rule in, and then WWE followed right behind it, you know. And that's a big part of being sticking with the sport of what wrestling is, you know, the sport part of the entertainment part. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, um, I started as a ref myself. Um, I never really told this story before. I started as a ref myself uh, when my brother started wrestling and when um, Irish Red, Scotty, was running shows. Uh, and once – I don't know what it was. Uh, there was one show – I had just came from basketball. Like I had this basketball group we go play ball with up the street from where the gardens was. And I left that gym and I go down the street uh, after getting picked up from my mom. And I was like 16, 17 years old. And um, we go down there. What's up, sweetie? And uh, we go down there and we uh, I ended up being like a, a manager for Scotty's brother. And then the next show came and I'm like, fuck this. I want to wrestle, man. And so that kind of got me into it, uh, into wrestling. But. Uh, to be truly honest with you, um, if LWA comes back, I think I want to ref, man. That'd be super fun uh, to get the best seat in the house. And no matter who they bring, it'd be great. And um, you learned a lot. I think I learned a lot more refing than actually wrestling sometimes because you get to see and, and see the process of what's ha- what it takes to run a match. Uh, and it's just so crazy, man. I, I enjoyed that. So, uh, Silver, what about you? Did you ever think about wrestling, man, like out of the refing part? Well, I've been a I've been a wrestling fan since I was five years old. Um, one thing I've always wanted to do is become a ref, uh, become a wrestler. Um, I mean, I still collect and I still have some LJN figures from way back when. Uh, I never got into it. Never got there was really. I mean, you had a you had a GCWA back then here in '97 when I graduated high school, but I never got into it. I went straight to work and just uh, no college, just straight to work. And uh, I got a little breaking news for Jay Rockin' It podcast. Mm-hmm. Some people may not notice, or nobody really noticed. I've never been trained. Ooh, I didn't know that. Um, January of 2013, I was asked by Victory Pro Wrestling if I could come in and ring announce. Uh, I ring announced it for the first time. Uh, about February, there's a promotion called Fighters for Christ, the Christian Wrestling. Oh, it was PBR. by Ruben Garcia, who a lot of people know as Pitbull Rue now. Pretty boy Rue in the past. PBR. So he contacted me. Hey, um, do you have any ref experience? And I was like, no, nah, I sure don't. I go, but he goes, okay, uh, I wanted to see if I, if, would you be willing to do it? And I was yeah. like, yeah, I go, I'll, you know, yeah. And, uh, you know, I go, I know I've seen wrestling so many times and we may, I may get heat for it, but oh well, I'm, you know. Uh, so I've seen wrestling so many times, you know, growing up, what have you, that I know more or less what the movements are. What's you know, it, yeah. it was the stuff, the backstage stuff that needed to be learned. 
you know, and uh, I took it in March, I believe it was March 2nd, 2013 was my first show. I ref the entire card, uh, seven matches, if I'm not mistaken. And after that, my, my referee career took off. Uh, yes, I have taken bumps. Yes, I've had, I've done rolls and what have you, but I've never, I can't sit here. And again, it's exclusive. I can't sit here and say, oh, uh, Joe Blow trained me because yeah. I've never been trained. Um, and I look, I look at it now, you know, and I look, I look at it now and I look at it back then, like I've grown too as a person. Yeah. I had a referee shirt. I had black slacks and I had black, you know, black shoes. I went in there already professionally for my first show, you know, and here we are now, seven years later, and I'm still professional. You know, you know, to be honest with you, I think you were the first ref to come in and be like legit wear, like wearing mm-hmm. legit stuff. Because he came before you, right, Ed? Yes, he came yeah. before me. So you were the first ref in Blockbuster Wrestling to come and look like a legit ref. Slacks, I think he had black shoes, the referee yeah. shirt. You know, it was like a legit look, you know, and I, and that's what I know once you came in, I know that's when we got Derek like next year. I remember you reffing and then Derek was reffling in blue jeans pants and I'm in the back like, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. this is not going <laughs> to happen again. This is not going to happen And that's what again. I do now. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, uh, um, hold on, oh, hold on, hold on, hey, hold, can you come? hold on real quick. So before you go into that, let me get the next segment up real quick. Before you keep going, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, man. No, no, you're good. Um, no, that's one thing that I've been asked in the past. Hey, can you come to Laredo and maybe train some guys? This is a promotion I never worked for. Uh, can you come into Laredo and train some referees or, you know, and what have you? And like I told that, that particular promoter or person that worked with that promoter, I go, look, I'm not a trainer, man. Yeah, I go. I'm still learning. I, I, you know, and my thing is, is you learn something at every, you learn something new at every show. You learn something, one thing that's new at every show. Yep. Uh, and like I told uh, that, that person, I was like, no, I go. I'm not that type, man. I'm not. I'm not a trainer. I'm not trainer material. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can give good word, and that's what I do at LWA. We, had, I got like two or three refs underneath me, young young guys. You know, and like I told one one time, I go, hey, look, you'll ref tonight, but I need you in black shoes, man. Or I need you, don't ever come with uh, with shorts or get some black slacks. I go, look, Walmart, Dockers, yeah. you know, if you got to wear something like that. Or, you know, I go, referee shirt, twenty four ninety nine Academy. You know, you know, it, it's the simple things. Get a job at finish line. Come on. Things that make you look like a professional. And like this gentleman asked me, well, where do you get your shoes from? And I go, look, I'll be honest with you, man. I bought, this is my second pair. I bought them at Walmart. They were on clearance for eight bucks. Mm-hmm. pack and ones. That's it. Yeah. Or you can go with the boots. You know, Shoot, purchase uh, them. From- I, saw, I saw a guy on, um, on AEW the other day. Uh, he was wearing Jordans, but they're all black. They're all black. Yeah. yeah. They're all black. Because nobody's out there looking at your brand of shoes. No, but yep. when it, when you're on video and you're on YouTube, that's when you look professional because all you see is black yeah. and stripes. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of promotions I work for, they do YouTube. And, you know, and it's like, that's you want to look as professional as can be. Um, 
You know, I, I, I just, and like now, like I tell some of these guys and, and, and respectfully, I tell them, I go, Hey, you got some little bit of black in your white shoes. I go, but if you can next month, man, bring some black shoes, yeah. you know, and paint black, you know, and, uh, you know, and go from there. I go, look, I'm not trying to be this type of person that knows it all. I go, but I know what a promoter would like. What, what, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to train though? I just thought about that right now. Like nobody, there's never been a, at least in my eyes, I've, there's never been a like, um, shoot, what is it whenever they, a seminar, there's never been a seminar. You know how some wrestlers come in, you pay the wrestlers to come in and they do a seminar with the wrestler. There's never been a seminar for, for Rafan. You know what I mean? You're welcome, man. Here's your million dollar idea. I explained. <laughs> Uh, but like really nobody does that nobody's doing that right now that's something that somebody can kind of pick up and do you know and and charge maybe some of these companies to be like hey you got a ref yeah i got three all right well look before your show for an hour i'm gonna come in and show him some basic stuff if he's not a good ref or just to show him charge me i don't know so many uh dollars per out for per head and then boom yeah. you're getting yourself out there you know i think that's a big yeah. thing too you know another thing that'd be really good refs um that the refs need to have um some type of uh how do you say it oh shit it's at the tip of my tongue they need to be like uh promoted they need to be you know put out there as talent in some way so that way when they don't work for the big leagues no more they can come to these smaller promotions just like wrestlers do, right? Like, who wouldn't love a Earl Hebner, you know, like, you know, like an Earl Hebner at one of the shows, you know what I mean? Like, that'd be awesome. Well, I got, a, I got a, a, another story for you. Um, I was doing a, a Laredo one time. It was me, Sergeant Rico. We did a five-star wrestling in PBR and I think King also. Uh, we went out there and did a day show at a library. Um, we did that, I think it was like at two to like five after that uh we hauled tail back to corpus because we had victory pro wrestling that evening and there was a uh there was a sports journalist from chris six news down here in corpus mm -hmm. and uh he ran a story of, of victory pro wrestling uh, promoting the event what have you and that evening that saturday came out he interviewed me pbr uh and some other people so uh Saturday night, we came out on the news. Uh, all day Sunday, we came out on the news, just Victory Pro Wrestling, doing what they're doing for the community or, or Corpus, what have you. He also did it for GCWA. But this particular night, uh, he uh, messaged me on Facebook. He goes, uh, Anthony, sir, I would like for you to watch the 10 p.m. newscast. And I go, okay. I've been watching them all day. I'm doing laundry or what have you. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. As I'm watching the 10 p.m. nightcast, uh, I hear when we come back from commercial break, I would like to introduce everybody to Mr. Wrestling. Didn't think nothing of it. Uh, yeah. He came back and he goes, uh, "What was what I thought was a victory pro wrestling story was a story about me." Oh damn! And uh, um, he uh, he stated how this gentleman not just has a full time job. He's also a Cub Scout den leader. Uh, he also has a family, and uh, he's also a family man, and he also does traveling. And he brought up that he was in Laredo uh, Saturday afternoon and came down to Corpus and refereed oh, again. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it was a big old story, man. That I I saw it, but 
again, I don't, I don't, I don't push it. I don't promote it. Well, I don't, I don't, you know, it's, it, it's more like I appreciate it. Hey, take one out and of J Rock's book, bro. It's what I do. Yeah, there's a Corpus <laughs> Christi Rams uh, wheelchair basketball team that's down here. Well, that next day, I ended up, he ended up sending me a logo. I go, what's this, man? He goes, it's for you. He goes, congratulations. Well, there's that logo. <laughs> oh, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, since then. That is awesome. Hey, send me a picture of that, like, of that, and I'm going to create, oh, that's going to be the uh, podcast picture. That would be awesome. To go with it. There you go, man. So are you selling those shirts? I actually had 20 made, and out of the 20 that I had, I'm down to one. Oh, man. Do you out still have that logo? Caps, out of the five caps I had made, I have one for me and one for my son left. Yeah. These koozies. Who uh, created that logo for you, though? And I only have two koozies left. Uh, and I've had uh, uh, sweatshirts. I've had uh, hoodies. Yeah, I had about five hoodies and I only have one left. So, you know, again, a lot of this is just blessed, man. And, and you know, people will say, especially the old school guys will say, you know, uh, refs shouldn't have gimmicks and all that. And you know what? It was something that was presented to me in the newscast. A friend of mine made the, you know, the logo. I ran with it. And here we are, I think a year and a half later, two years later, and I'm still running with it. And people love you for it, I'm sure, too. Getting some more, more shirts done. Yeah. Do you have that logo? Yes, I do. You need to get a hold of that logo to somebody. If not, I'll make them for you. I make t-shirts myself. This is one of the shirts that I made. Uh, you got to freaking um, – you got to give me that logo, man, so I can make you some shirts, if anything. Get that yeah, logo yeah, back out. You know? Um, man, that was that's, that's pretty cool, man. I never, I didn't even know all that craziness was going on over there for you, bro. That's pretty cool, man. Hey, this, Getting this that recognition. Cool. This is for a 40-year-old guy, man, that's never been trained in professional wrestling that's been in the ring with Double Guerrero Sr., the Lucha Brothers, Carlito twice, Jinder Mahal twice. And that's not including all the talent that I've been in the ring with from Laredo, from Corpus, New Broncos, at, in San Antonio, that if it wasn't for any of those guys, man, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Yeah, no, that's... I took a hiatus a couple years ago because uh, a wife got pregnant with uh, twin girls. And so I needed to be more home. So yeah. I just recently started going back out to Laredo and I haven't done anything else uh, uh, out of town. But, you know, it, it's my career's slowly winding down, but it's just uh, the fact that I can still do things here in my hometown. I'm ring announcing more than anything else now. Why do you say that? Why do you, why do you say your career is winding down though? Is because of your, your family life, your age, the travel? I, I won't say age because you know, not, not picking on Earl Hefner or, or you're young, Beard, bro. You're young, man. Little, uh, or even one of the guys that I look up to Marty Green, still out there doing his thing. You yeah. Know? And he's, a few years older than me and uh um but uh no i think more more it was a family you know it's uh when you have your full-time job and you have the cub scout then leader and it takes things take time away from you and uh you know sometimes it was the road too because sometimes even laredo that i traveled three hours three hours back and then i do a show for three hours that's uh you know nine nine hours of being gone you know, and, and it's nothing against those guys. I mean, I love going out there, and I'm still going to go out there. But uh, I'm now I can be nitpicking where I want to work at. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, if Blockbuster were ever to come back, 
I mean, by all means, I will put my name in the head again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would put my name in the head again. Yeah. Uh, I worked for TWA in, in San Antonio uh, before. Uh, heck, I was CJ's manager at one time, heel manager at one time. But uh, uh, no, just uh, just a mixture of different things. Yeah. You know, and two-year-old twins, I, I want to be here more for my family. I mean, my daughter's already 15, so. Yeah. You know, I time to know she's going to graduate, be gone, and I don't want to lose those years. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And, Ed, what about you? I know you said you have a kiddo has autism. Uh, how's it, how, how hard is that for you to be traveling and then for, you work and you still do all this? You still do the wrestling thing, too. How hard is it for you to do? And you have you have two kiddos, correct? Uh, well, I got I, – I considered – I actually kind of have three. Uh, hmm. Two are actually biologically mine, and I, and I have one that's not biologically mine, but – I consider her as my, uh, but uh, it's it's it is kind of hard, especially you know with with Edward having autism and my youngest boy Grayson having ADHD. Um, it is kind of hard, you know, being away, yeah, you know, uh, and everything like that. And uh, but uh, definitely a big shout out to their mother, yeah. uh, for, you know, for being there, you know, and watching them while while I'm away and everything. Uh, so, but. It, it is it is kind of hard. That's why usually I don't travel too far. You know, usually I just go like to San Antonio, New Braunfels, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not away from them, you know, from for too long or if something happens, something like that, I'm not too far away. Yeah. Do you, when you were explaining, I just chuckled there a little bit. I remember uh, in one of our matches, uh, I think it was at Conway's. Um, I know. There was, I was working Tormenta, right? I was at working Tormenta. Yeah, you're yeah. working. Yeah. You're working through that, and uh, actually, no, it was actually when uh, you think you're working through Minta and uh, Steel, Steel. you, huh? And they jumped J Rock and they also jumped me as well. Yep, <laughs> I was there with my youngest son Grayson, and they threw me out of the ring and they threw J Rock out of the ring. And the only thing <laughs> that my youngest son was saying the whole time, my mother told me this was Grace was standing up all panicked like is J-Rock okay? Is J-Rock okay? <laughs> <laughs> about me. He didn't even care I got beat up and thrown out and worried about J-Rock. He wanted to make sure J-Rock. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious, man. I remember um, going to the back after the match and uh, I, I mean they put a whooping on it too, man. But I remember going to the back and you're kind of just going back there all kind of just, you know, you kind of hurting a little bit too, and I'm like, I'm like, you good? He's like, yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> and then he told me what your son said or what your mom had said about your son was saying, man, I was getting a kick out of that one, man. Hey, bro, I was doing my job. I was doing my job, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last... Remember, it's not about the rest, Edward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Um... Thanks, son, for the love. Right. <laughs> oh, man, those are good times. Uh, so just a couple last things, man. We've been on this for a little bit over an hour now, but and I appreciate it, gentlemen. But um, do you, I jokingly, like, uh, how much is wrestling part of your life on a daily basis? Uh, we'll start with you, Ed, but, like, where does it, like, for me, I call everybody a jabroni. Um, I, I freaking, like, anytime I hear glass break, you think it's stone cold. Um Anything like the smallest things, man. Uh, I got hooked onto a whiskey because I thought the logo was the Rock's logo. Like just different things. 
uh, wrestling goes through my head. Like, how do you live with re- I think wrestling fans are like the, the best ever. So, like, being that, like, what are some things that you live with every day when you think, like, that? oh, that's wrestling, or it makes you remember, like, it just makes you think of wrestling? Well, uh, my, my youngest son, Grayson, he, he really, you know, keeps it alive. So whenever they, he's watching TV or sees something on his iPad or, you know, something like, oh, this thing is whatever tall, whatever, or like this car weighs this much, he'll say, is that thing, can Andre the Giant move it? Is that thing taller than Andre the Giant? Is that thing weighed as much as Andre the Giant? His, his, you know, everything to him when it comes to something large, he compares it to Andre the Giant. Um, and uh, and so yeah, it's it's uh, so yeah with him, you know, because with my with my boys, you know, I introduced him to re- to wrestling yeah. in the eighties, you know, the eighties wrestling. Oh man, that's the best. Uh, so yeah, like my son Edward, his you know his first favorite wrestler was Jake the Snake. And then from there, he went to Andre the Giant, to Ultimate Warrior, and then to Daniel Bryan. But his his all time favorite would always be Jake the Snake. Snake and then with Grayson, him, it's just it's just Andre the Giant. He's like his mother, you know. It's just Andre the Giant. That's all. That's the only person he likes. He was so big, so strong, and everything. But uh, but no, it's it's uh, yeah, you know, it's you know, of course, being also in Texas, I'm pretty sure everyone has done this before with their kiddos. Is sometimes I'll be wrestling with my boys, and I'll get them. And the Iron Claw, you know, no, the Von yeah, Air yeah. Claw, you know, and, and my dad did that to, to me and my brothers when we were little and, you know, passing all over to my boys now, doing it to Heck them. Yeah. That's now. so funny, man. My dad did that a lot to us, too, you know, the Claw and, like, really selling the shit out of the Claw. Somebody needs to bring that shit back, man. <laughs> but yeah. um, another thing, like, uh, yeah, like with the Jake the Snake thing, anytime I get one of my basketball kids, I have two kids right now that are named Jake. They're both Jake the Snake in my book. Luckily, they're both in separate grades, so I don't have to get them mixed up. But it's like the randomest things I always think about with wrestling. What about you, Silva? And here in my house with with a fourteen year old, thirteen year old son, eleven year old son, chops galore. <laughs> I mean, and over there, over there uh, throwing rock punches. Playful, <laughs> playful chops, man. There's nothing to make a mark on your chest, you know. And, uh, <laughs> You know, there was there's a with my two year old twins. Well, what they already know who John Cena is, and like we were watching playing with fire the other day, and like, hey, what mama, John Cena, you know, and <laughs> it makes me happy because yeah, you know, he may not be a favorite to a lot of people, but like to them, like they they know who he is. Yeah, and every time, and I don't know if y'all can see this, but I found this at HEB. It's an inflatable uh, belt. Oh, nice. And they'll grab this this belt and it's hanging off my curtain. They'll grab that <laughs> belt or I'll have it loose or something. Hey, what, baby? Check in, check in. They're like, look at the belt. You know, any belt that they have, they have a diva's play belt out there. So wrestling's here every day. That's uh, awesome, man. Every day. If it's not one thing, if I have uh, uh, go look over here at the figures, you know, and mm-hmm. who's that, Daddy? Who's that? You know, and then telling them who, who they are and all that. And my 11-year-old is a, has always been a big fan of Nacho Lego. And just maybe about a couple of years ago, he found out who Nacho Lego really is. Oh, no. How did it break but his he's heart? He's okay with it. He's still a big fan of Nacho Lego. Oh, well, that's Lego appeared at his birthday party years <laughs> back. Uh, and, you know, and, and uh, seeing that and, and seeing my how they interact, you know, they can find a figure from somewhere and they want it and we get it and 
you know, I can hear them at midnight, man, on the weekend playing with the figures with the ring, you know, and it makes me proud. You know, it makes yeah. me proud because uh, my 15-year-old daughter um, and my 13-year-old son, uh, when I got in this relationship with my wife, uh, they came along with her. And uh, I've been, since they were three and two, and I've never called them step. Uh, they've always been my daughter and my son. And, and I know they're proud of me, and, you know, I'm proud of them. But wrestling is, is something that they love. Yeah, and, and um, you know, it makes me proud because it's something that I grew up with. Yeah, uh, just the other day, long story short, uh, I think right before WrestleMania, probably Friday, I was telling my sons I had in the living room. I go, look, this is called WWF Invasion '92. I go, I had the cassette outside, but uh, WWE has it on their network. They have three matches that was here in Corpus Christi at the Memorial Coliseum on that VHS. You know, and that's something I told him. I go, I was there. You know, and they're amazed at that. Like, you saw Hulk Hogan and Typhoon? Like, yeah. yeah you know, and, and uh, my son really got freaked out this week when I got Animal. Um, uh, my parents messaged me, you got these two cards, and she sent me the pictures of them. World War Animals sent me two cards and back autographs. That's awesome. You know, and that's always my all-time favorite tag team, and they've known it. And, uh they were amazed when they saw the the picture of it. Like, wow, you got that. That's amazing. You know, like I tell them, I go, yeah. you know, if you ever want to spill something out, just do a little letter and come on, I'll help you do it. And one's done it to Edge and one's done it to Rey Mysterio and they never got it back. But like I told them, look, I can send 10 envelopes and I'm going to get two or three back. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's okay. Because I didn't waste money on an envelope or a stamp. I just, it was like a donation. Yeah. When they see it like that too, like not all the wrestlers are going to be like that, you know. Yeah. Some are going to come back, some aren't. Yeah. And but yeah, yeah, wrestling here is every day. I think I think uh, overall, like we grew up with this thing, just like we grew up with it, other things that we see and we end up tending to love it. And um, I've never really explained this too much, but uh, I would never, I would have never been a part of wrestling if it wasn't for my father. Uh, he started showing us wrestling when we were younger, uh, super young. I mean, I was sitting on his lap and shit. Uh, we would always watch wrestling, and, and I enjoy that. And that's something to this day that um, I don't – I love my father. I respect who he is, everything that he's done, but I just don't really, like, have a, a strong relationship with him. But the one thing that always brings us together, and especially my whole family together, has always been wrestling. Um, I think the one thing that – um, has always upset me about it, just kind of just shooting it out there with the relationship with my father. It was just like, I, I would always thought if I wrestled, and he would always want to come or he'd always be there. And, and don't get me wrong, my dad came to a lot of shows, but it just never got, it never met the expectation that I wanted. But at the end of the day, it was something I wanted. And I guess he never like really saw or wanted himself in so many ways. But either way, I think wrestling brings people together in the most weirdest way and it also brings a certain it, it brings something a type it brings a certain type of um feel to you like having every wrestling every big wwe wrestling event i've been to no matter who sits on my left my right behind me in front of me everybody's feeling the same thing in some ways because they're there and they're feeling the atmosphere or something. You go to a football game and the the visitor and the home team are probably going to end up fighting possibly by the end yeah. of the day. 
uh, a Randy Orton fan and a John Cena fan back in the day, they're not going to fight in the stands. They're going to appreciate the work and what it is. And I think that's what people forget about how great wrestling, what wrestling does to people. And the, even the fans that we saw, like a fan like Caesar, like a fan like Andrew, who, uh, who, you know, who also is a special needs kid, a guy like X-Man that we would see at our shows, uh, uh, a kid like, you know, Ed's kiddo that has, uh, you know, a, a special need as well. Those were the reasons. Not only did I wrestle, but the mainly the main reasons why I love wrestling, because you can be any color, any shape, any size, any ethnicity, and you will love wrestling. And that's what brings you together. And I, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm proud of who I am as a wrestling fan. And when I grew up in middle school, especially in this town, as y'all can see, whenever y'all would come over here and work here, it wasn't so great at some times. And, and in school, I was I looked like the jabroni of the groups. Like, oh, you watch wrestling? You like Hulk Hogan? Like, you realize that's fake. And I'm like, what? Like, screw you. It's not fake. Let me hit you with the steel chair. You know what's so funny, too, is I was talking about this with a buddy, too, the other day. Uh, in fifth grade, we went to the restroom, and I picked up the caution sign and knocked the shit out of him, bro. I hit him in the back. You know what I mean? Like, oh, play it. Boom. I hit him, right? And the, the three little white boys in the, in, in, the, in the restroom, like, their eyes got big, and they freaking ran out the restroom. I go back to class, and I got in trouble. And me and my buddy were just playing it off, like, oh, you know, we love wrestling type stuff. Like, all that stuff comes in the factor of who we are as we've grown up with this wrestling stuff. And I think, again, at the end of the day, this the wrestling part, again, no matter who you are, from seeing New Jack's story to seeing Chris Benoit's story, look how we still love these guys, like, because of what they did in this industry and what they do for entertainment and how we sit there and we love it. And, and it's just part of it. And some of these guys, like we know, that go to these indie shows or some of these guys that are made the big leagues or made the big leagues and come back to us, um, you saw how respectful they were, how much they loved the sport. And then the guys that are doing it just for the money, you realize how much of their personality and their lives just start to fade. But either way, at the end of the day, like I said, wrestling brought something for me to meet you, Edward, for me to meet you, Silva. And that was the biggest thing out of Blockbuster Wrestling was meeting all these gentlemen and all these women and being able to bring it all together and being like, look, we're friends for life now because of wrestling. You know what I'm saying? The wrestling is what brought us together. And that's the biggest thing for me, man. It brings, it brings families together. Um, yeah, the family of six, coming from a family of six, my one of my brothers would always take me to the shows. And, um, you know, my dad my other brothers, if they're older than me, we would watch. Uh, but there was one brother in particular that would take me to the shows in, in here in Corpus, and I lived about 35 miles out. But one thing that you brought up, too, and it happened to me in school, was I had a, uh, I don't know if you've seen that, Razor Ramon. It was all yellow, but a big old face on one side of the shirt. And it says, uh, my chief's mom on the other side. Uh-huh. There was a wrestling show here in town, so I ended up getting that shirt. The next day, I go to school, and I'm wearing it, and I get picked on. Like, you like that fake, you know, crap and this and that. And it's funny, because a lot of the people that would tell me that, three years later, they had Stone Cold Thea shirts <laughs> and all that, and... You know, but again, it, it, it's sad because at that time when wrestling, when people would say, you know, it's your mentors, your goons, yeah. and, you know, those type of those type of athletes that you had or, or characters. And then when it came to the Stone Cold and, and all that, how much it, it changed. But at the same time, it's amazing to look at because then those that 
criticized it for being fake and all that, became a fan. You know, and, and uh, uh, yeah, I had that issue too, and where, where you know, wearing a shirt and they're like frowned upon, you know, and I'm in high school, freshman, sophomore, wearing a razor Ramon, but other than that, you know, um, it, it brings families together, I think. So I, I think, uh, oh, for sure. you know, when you when you're when you're at a show, you don't worry about anything but your good guys and bad guys. And you know, I've been there where people yell from beginning to end, and by the end of the end of the night, they're, they don't have a voice. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, and and I've gone. seen it at Blockbuster too. I've seen it there as well. You know, and, and um, I know I bring up that show a lot, but that red carpet rollout, man, like everybody was nuts that night. I'll never and, forget that night, man. You know, like I said, it, as much as we can give credit to gender, it was everybody involved. You know, he was just, uh, I guess you say, like the icing on the cake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. It was everybody's hard work. Uh, everybody's hard work turning into uh, what I could consider like Blockbuster Wrestling, WrestleMania money. You know, and uh, um, like I said, you know, Jinder Mahal, kudos to him. I mean, look, you had him at your show the day before I refereed him in LWA. About five, six months later, he was WWE champion. Exactly. You know? Anything can happen, man. And, and Keith Lee, too. We have Keith Lee uh, here. We have Keith Lee here. You leave and you go into championship. Uh, me, thank you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, man. Um, because, like I said, here's a guy that's never been trained and was out there in the ring, sharing the ring with a lot of high flyers, a lot of hardcore wow. guys. Uh, and yeah. I just went out there and did 110%, man. And, and, and I'm proud of you, of the person that you became. Like I said, it grew, and I saw it. And I, and Edward, man, it was always a pleasure working with you too, man. You know, always a pleasure. And I'm sure our roles will cross again soon. You know, I'm sure somehow, some way. Hey, Jay Rock, when you're ready, I might need a referee, Laredo, man, to help me out. So it's all right. We have referee Jay Rock out there. Hey, man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Black and white striped shirt. I just I'll just wear my Stacy Adams, bro. We'll be good. All black. <laughs> there you go. And uh you got any last things, brother, for the uh people that are listening in the wrestling world. Uh it's just like like Anthony was saying, it just it just brings everybody together. Because some of my fondest memories uh, when it comes to wrestling is old, like the honor shows with my oldest son Edward and my dad. And uh, even we went to uh, we us three went with the, the we brought Demarcus along, and we went to a Ring of Honor show, and it was it was uh, on national television, and we were able to get put on national television. Oh yeah, our row and everything, and it's just. Seeing my son, he he loves it and everything, and, and I even take him to comic cons, and the most nicest celebrities, I guess you could say, or famous people that we you would meet are the wrestlers. I mean, just I have yet to meet a professional wrestler at a comic con that was an a hole. Yeah. I mean, they were so down to earth, so cool, so nice, um, and probably the, the most fondest memory I've had, uh, well, actually probably two, was with, when we met Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, we went up there and. Uh, he started, you know, talking to my son and everything. And he even let my son put on, try on his crown. Oh, that is awesome. And, that and is of course, awesome. Louis went to go put it on Edward. 
it just flopped down over his eyes. 